I'm Helen Rabello. Welcome to the Turning Point Project. I believe that when you face a big transitional moment in life, you have to learn how to transcend your fears and honour the process, even if it gets messy in the middle. In this project, inspiring conscious creatives and entrepreneurs share their stories about how they used a turning point to move from a life that didn't fully fit to living in a more intentional way despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and take a step forwards through your messy bits towards your more magical life. Today on The Turning Point Project, I'm talking to the incredible Kitty Waters, who is a transformational teacher, a serial entrepreneur, host of a wonderful podcast called Kitty Talks, which you'll love, and also the creator of the Do Your Dharma course, which is yogic term for finding your purpose. Kitty shares in this conversation the turning point that led to her following the breadcrumb trails towards her purpose, having been somebody who at one stage was completely disconnected from what she felt and completely unable to express her emotions or even feel her emotions. And now she really does follow her heart every day and she has some incredible insights about how you can start doing that too and how you can unearth your dharma, your purpose by taking small steps So I think you'll really love this conversation. If you're on Instagram, head on over to share your thoughts with us afterwards. And in the meantime, sit back and enjoy. On today's conversation, I have one of the people who really, really inspires me and actually who has helped me hone my love of podcasts <laughs> and, and who is contributing to my life now in other ways I couldn't ever have seen coming. Um, gorgeous Kitty Waters, thank you so, so much for being here and for sharing your insights today. Oh, well, I'm very excited to be here. And, you know, you followed your breadcrumbs, Helen. That's how we ended up meeting. This is very, very true. And then I discovered that you like to talk about following the breadcrumbs as well. And I guess in a way that's um, that's partly what discussing turning points is all about, really. You know, like it, almost each breadcrumb could consider be considered to be a stepping stone that is also a turning point. In Mini its turning own point. Right, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Yes, that's a good way to put it, actually. They're like mini, mini turning points. And, you know, I think for me, we're always being guided. It's whether we choose to listen. Definitely. Yeah, so that's something we can get into. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, because I know, um, you know, these days, you are, you're somebody who is really walking her talk and you know you really are deeply invested in following your breadcrumb trail and sharing your insights about um purpose dharma whatever phrase you want to use um you're building your whole body of work around that but of course 
that's not where you would have started out because none of us do. <laughs> so um, what, what turning points led to you getting this greater awareness that you have now? If that's not too hard a question to answer, are there particular stages in your life that you would like to share and dive into? Yeah, sure. Um, unfortunately, I didn't. Be, I wasn't born into a conscious family. I was born into the sort of typical unconscious family. And I think you know now. Now what I understand is that we have a choice. You know, we're born into those families because of the experience that we need and we require for our soul and our soul's growth and our soul's development. Yeah. And um, it took me till about twenty-eight to sort of shake up shake up I say wake up shake up and wake up out of my slumber um <clears throat> I was very living a very hedonistic lifestyle in my 20s drugs alcohol um really just to cover up my pain actually I was suffering with chronic depression had a nervous breakdown at 22 did not learn my lesson oh my <laughs> did God. not did not get what I was supposed to get at 22 I didn't I didn't take it I don't know I just didn't get it um you know, for me, emotions were weak. Yeah. You, you know, grew up in a household where nobody cried and we weren't allowed to cry and we weren't allowed to speak about our emotions or our feelings. And so we swallowed them. And of course, spent my childhood having tonsillitis and, you know, I had to have my tonsils out and then they thought my tonsils grew back. And of course, you know, just wouldn't speak up about what was going on for myself. Yeah. Bottled, bottled up all my emotions. 22, had a nervous breakdown um carried on you know using drugs and alcohol to distract myself from the chronic depression that I was suffering every time I was upset Helen and I didn't really know how to handle my emotions it would come out as a drinking vendor yeah I'd go on drinking vendors I remember it's funny how your memory works but just having this conversation now I remember a guy we went to school with and I was about 24 when this happened I wasn't particularly close to him but it was the first person I'd ever experienced passing away he died he had a surfing accident and he died and my best friend at the time, um, she went home and cried. And I was out and she told me and I said, no, I'm just going to stay out and get drunk. <laughs> and oh that was my, that was my response oh. to, the, to the incident. Um, and then I couldn't understand why she spent the whole weekend crying. I was like, really? You know, why, why are you crying? It's, it's, you know, this life happens, you know. So I was so disconnected from my emotions, from who I was. Um, and then at the age of 28, I had a turning point, definitely. Um, my mum was suffering with a very bad depression as well. And she, uh, we got a phone call at work one day to say that she had disappeared and um, she had not arrived at her friend's house. And uh, I ended up going, picking up my sister. My boyfriend at the time was a paramedic. I drove to my parents' house and the policeman that was in, my, in the living room at the time said to me, uh, has your mum ever tried to commit suicide before? And I said no, and my dad said yes. Um, yeah, so it was a bit like my reality came crashing down. And um, I discovered in that moment that, that my mum had had a very long history of depression. And no one had thought to tell me. And of course, by that point, no, I didn't know. You didn't know, gosh. And I was been suffering with depression for about eight years at that point. And of course, it was like all the pieces of the puzzle came you know, that we had this, at that, that time, I would, would have thought it would have like been purely kind of genetic rather than a learned behavior. Yeah. Um, but 
again, long story short, we went to look for her. We have an expansive woods behind my parents' house. And um, I remember getting to a point, it's like a crossroads, literally a turning point crossroads. And um, you can turn left and you can turn right. And they're big expanses of wood either direction. There's a stream kind of running down the middle. And I remember my sister saying, well, where do we go? You know, how do we know where to find her? It's huge. And um, I got a voice in my head basically telling me to turn right. And I remember my sister screaming. I said, you know, let's turn right. And my sister said, how do you know we turn right? And I just remember the voice saying, turn right. I said, I don't know. I'm just being told to turn right. Um, and it was a very strange experience, uh, obviously having this voice speaking to me, which led me, led me to where my mum had taken an overdose. Um, and luckily for us, she had overdosed, but she had kind of slumped on herself and not into the water because she would have died. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember running for an ambulance. And at that point, I smoked, I drank, I took drugs, I was overweight. And I literally remember <gasps> running for this ambulance. And I remember having a conversation with whoever was just up there talking to me that, I would change my life and just help my mum and I will sort myself out. And I know this isn't how I'm supposed to be living and I don't like it and I'm not happy. And, you know, I know there's more things for me to do and I'll do it. Um, and I'm, you know, pleased to say that my mum recovered from that uh, incident. And to be honest, I was, that's, she was 28. I was 28 and um, she has had one more relapse with her depression since. Yeah. Um, but we've managed to sort of medicate it. Um, but the situation for me was a huge turning point because it was a kind of, I suppose, a huge spiritual awakening. Definitely. Um, yeah. Mm. You can't get more overt than that. I mean, that's that's like a smack around the head, really, isn't it? But it's it's also the huge shift, the contrast from being somebody who's almost unaware they've even got emotions and that they're covering them up to, to having something this stark in contrast terms, in terms of a, you know, a voice in your head. And then that proves to be true. You're not delusional. So suddenly you're realizing there's so much more to life. That's huge. Well, I'd also actually gone to see a psychic about a month before my mum um tried to commit suicide and um I'd never been to see a psychic before and a girl I used to work with said I was in a you know I was really worried about her obviously she was chronically depressed she'd lost a lot of weight she couldn't boil an egg you know she was a very capable woman she got to the point where she couldn't even boil an egg and at that point in my life I wasn't living close to my parents I was in London and she was um down in the suburbia and um the psychic basically told me that things would get worse before they would get better. Um, And my grandparents kind of came through in this reading. And so I knew that it was true. And I just was fascinated by it. And I just, it kind of gave me this sense of hope that I hadn't had before. Yeah. Um, After the experience, I just went down this huge mental and spiritual rabbit hole, really. But interestingly, it took me three weeks, I think, to cry about what happened with my mum. I was so disconnected from my emotions. I I remember being the oldest in the family and the whole family coming over and me having like what I thought was to sort of, you know, tell everybody it was going to be okay and take control and do all that stuff. And I think three weeks later, I broke down crying in the shower about the situation. Um, 
I remember now actually how because you know what it's like when you cry that's that sense of relief yeah funny enough I I mean I've never told you this but um I I can hugely relate to this because I was brought up in exactly the same way really I can remember having um running behind my dad practicing his golf swings in the garden and um and he swung back as I run past him and um yeah I ended up with a big hole in my chin Um, and it was the day before my eighth birthday it was good Friday and um and I I can remember like I screamed because you would and you know I remember going to casualty having having stitches all of that stuff and and not wanting painkillers and not crying and I can remember all the medical team saying how brave I was because I didn't cry and um yeah that sticks in my head so I so I share that just you know because I can I can really understand that final oh my god thank god it's finally coming out of my body it's it's quite a big big thing isn't it yeah absolutely and and it was a massive journey for me to reconnect to my heart you know I I think where depending on where we are in our spiritual development you know we have we that is part of the process if we go from unconscious to conscious we have to reconnect to our hearts and it was like slowly but surely I had to undo all the stuff I really believed about emotions like I remember I do remember thinking that um, a girl, a girl I used to be friends with at school, she was supposed to come and visit me and she turned up on my doorstep, she was crying and she'd got lost. I remember thinking, bloody hell, you only got lost, why are you crying? You know, like I had no sort of compassion at all. Yeah. Like it would be literally pull yourself together, you know. Um, and so my journey was very much reconnecting to my heart and reconnecting to my emotions. And, you know, now I cry at the drop of my bloody hat, you can say <laughs> yeah. anything. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve, but I, uh, it was a long journey. It took me from about 28 to, I'd say, maybe early 30s, just before I met my husband, actually, really. It was when I kind of finally, I think, broke through it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was definitely a, a big turning point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you couldn't write it better, could you? I mean, the fact that it was in woods and you had the choice of two paths as well, it's... Yeah, that's pretty epic. Thank you for sharing that. So I've, got, I've got a few more, actually. I it just seems to be quite dramatic. <laughs> Do you feel like that's because you've... Um, are, you, are you somebody who responds better to, to these very big lessons? Or, were, or is that who you used to be? I guess now you're pretty aware of subtleties but maybe back then you needed those big undoubtable yeah I think I think you're right I think I did like the other one that springs to mind which is a positive one let's go into something a bit more positive but um when I so I kind of started to climb out of the toxic environment I created around myself and I had started to make friends with people that didn't drink because that was like a novelty for me to begin with as well um, and I signed up to do a trip to Kilimanjaro and, um, yeah, climb Kilimanjaro. And I thought I've got to take, I'd have to take it seriously. You know, you can't be out drunk every weekend if you've got to climb a mountain. And it scared me not, not, it scared me enough to take it seriously. Cause I thought if I don't take this seriously, I could lose my life. And that, you know, that was quite a good motivator for me. Um, and so we did this trip with a 
group called the Yes Group. And um, the chap who took us up Kilimanjaro was a member of the Transformational Leadership Council. Yeah. And he was regaling us with stories about this organisation and how um, it was just amazing. And it was like somebody had flicked a light bulb on in my soul. Like I just... I just was like, that is what I'm supposed to do. And I couldn't explain it, but it was literally like my soul was talking to me. And they were saying, my soul was saying, this is, you're supposed to do that. And I came up with this idea to bring that organization to Europe. And I got completely fixated by it. And I, I don't know why, but I think I do know why, because my soul was talking to me, not saying you've got to do this. And I was working in a recruitment job at the time. And I'd grown, outgrown it so much that it was painful to go into this job. Yeah. And, um, and I'd written a business plan and I, I just got into manifestation and I'd started um, visualizing this organization. And I remember going into work one day and the lady who owned the business, really nice lady, like I've still got a lot of time for her. She said, you know, come in. I was like the sales director. And she said, come in. You know, I want to talk to you about how we're going to take things forward in the next six months. And I just remember this this universal energy force would be what I would put it down to, flooded out of me and spoke into the room about what it was I wanted to create with regards to the organisation and how I wanted to bring this organisation to Europe and it was for transformational leaders. And um, it was a real out-of-body experience as well because I remember watching myself talking to her and I could literally see energy speaking through me. You know, I could see universal energy, divine force energy talking and speaking through me. And of course... The reason I hadn't been setting up the organisation was because I well, didn't have enough time, I thought, and I needed money still coming in. So, yeah, I walked out of that meeting with um, a, a two-day-a-week job to work on this organisation. And then about three months later, I, again, I just told everybody I was going to do it. Literally everybody I'd come into contact with, I told I was going to set up this organisation. I realised now I was manifesting and I was speaking into existence, but... Three months later, I did my NLP qualifications and I did a big parts integration. And I told all the people that I was doing the NLP course with that I was going to do this as well, by the way. Um, And it was um, the day after this big parts integration. And I remember like my brain realigning during the the NLP session. And I think energetically, this is my own explanation of it. I think I energetically let go of some negativity or something I was holding on to because obviously the more we do this work I believe the stronger our energy field gets you know the more we can manifest the more we can pull in what we want Um, and I had let go of something big because the following day I got an email from a woman I had connected with nine months previously saying that um, this other lady was moving over from America and had been asked to set up the European version of this uh, transformation organization um and you could have blown me down with a feather, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it, it's testament to, I think, what I love to teach now is when we're in alignment with our path and when we do listen to the signs and signals we've got. Um, and it made no sense to me at that point because I was, how are they going to make money out of it? I didn't know. But I just knew it was what I wanted to do. Um, and I listened. And, of course, the universe is looking for openings is the way that a very good friend of mine describes it. They're looking for people to do this work. Um, and the universe will send you ideas and it looks for openings for people that are committed to helping the planet. Um, and consequently got connected to this lady. And this lady is now my partner in the organization that I run. And that was seven years ago. That is amazing. 
<laughs> I love that. I, I love the fact that have you have you clocked onto the fact that it was nine months later as well? Nine months later. Yeah, that's like yeah, nine months. Oh, um, a cycle, as in yeah, like the, just the gestation period for ideas. <laughs> I quite often find that happens for people, which is a bit weird. I, but, uh, yeah. yeah, completion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's testament to, you know, our dreams are given to us for a reason. You know, I, I, you know, I teach that and I talk about that now because if you're given an idea, when you're listening to this podcast and you've got an idea about something you want to do, something you want to create, do it, <laughs> is all I would say. Because, yeah. you know, it's not random. Your passions are not, not random. The things you love aren't random. You know, when you get an idea like that, I, I knew, I just felt it all through my being that I was yeah, supposed to do yeah. And And obviously, Helen and I are in, in this conversation at the moment. We haven't quite got to it. But I always say, your job is not to know the how, your job is to know the what. So work out what you want, and you don't know, have to know how you're going to get it. You just have to know what you want. Um, and then, obviously, you have to disassociate from it and disappear and disattach from it like I think I did with my NLP I think the fact that I kind of let something go I think I also you know enabled that connection to come in as well yeah yeah it's um there is sometimes a palpable discernible shift that happens in those moments and I sometimes describe um I'm trying to think of an example. I can't think of an example at the moment because I'm so into listening to you. But, but I, I, what I can say is that I describe it as a clunk. I feel this almost internal yes. clunk. It's like something lands solidly in my being. Um, that it just, it's, it just feels right, and I, and it is like this clunk of, and I, I experience that with other people as well you know um if something is right for them or they're talking about something and they're not sure about it, it i can feel the clunk on their behalf sometimes you know and then it's just it's the only way i can explain it really gosh uh, thank you yeah 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 i guess so so how did you find that balance you know like as you're moving into trusting the these signs and uh, you're beginning to manifest things um probably not even knowing how half the time how how were you managing to move into more trust with that you know kind of what was the the progression of your shifting from being in a very very different world very head-led world into trusting more and following your heart more can you talk a little bit about that um I think it's like I think once we start to do this work we're literally peeling back layers and layers and layers of all the stuff that we've kind of built up during our sort of childhood adulthoods um because I do remember I do remember quite clearly getting to a point in my early 30s where I could feel again you know I couldn't I couldn't feel previously yes. um, and I could feel moments and you know, I remember watching a sunset and crying you know and that wasn't something that was normal for me to do and I, and I think once you start to feel again it gets easier 
um, because you're shedding those layers of fear and you're shedding all the baggage that you've built up to protect yourself. Um, and then, then you get to a point where it, essentially what we're talking about the soul is the soul's evolution, really. Yeah. And the soul's evolution is, is going from doing to being. So you're embodying what you're learning. You're, you're going away from being disconnected with who you are into being who you came here to be. Um, and, and by that, I mean, trusting your intuition, trusting what you love, going after it. Because I think for me, one of the things that I'm really, I, I suppose, excited about sharing and putting, put, I like to put people in a different conversation. If you imagine with um, the new generation that is coming onto the planet, if, if they were in the conversation of what is your gift and what gift do you have to bring to the world? And you're unique and we need to, you to uncover and discover who you are. So how you uncover and discover who you are is by trying out all the things that you love because they're your breadcrumbs. They're, your, they're the path that you're supposed to take. And what happens is once you start to do all the things that you love, your life will be joyful because realistically you're doing all these things on a daily basis that you absolutely adore. And then as you and I both know, Helen, because we're in that process at the moment, mm. what happens is your dharma, I like to call it, is unveiled to you. But where people, what do people don't necessarily know or haven't necessarily experienced or no one's told them because it's not a conversation that we have is that this whole spiritual purpose and this whole dharma journey is one that will unfold when you take the action. So when I started to really listen to what it was I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to align my work. And I was running this nonprofit organization and I had been, and it was brought me so much joy into my life, but my money side of my life wasn't reflecting that. Yeah. And so I knew I needed to then do that. And that's again, your evolution of the soul. You can see where I think it's something like five in your fives as the soul progresses that you get to a point where you want everything to align. Yeah. Um, and so I started to do that. I started to do my podcast, but I didn't really know where it was taking me. That was just the message I got. But I'd learned by that stage, okay, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. So it's a bit like you with your turning point. You know, you know you need to do it, but you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. No, but actually, you're just listening, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but what's beautiful is that it's like, it's almost, I look at it like the crystal maze. Do you remember the crystal maze on TV? I do, yeah. I used to yeah. love that. I used to love it too. What was it? I can't remember his name. What was his name? The bald-headed bloke. Yeah, I can't remember either, but I can picture him. <laughs> he was a very charismatic dude. He was. But do you remember how the when you did one task in the crystal maze, like a door would open and then you'd go into the next one? Yeah. It's the same. It's what happens. It's like our soul is giving us messages and saying, right, Helen, right, Kitty, create your podcast, okay? You don't really know why you're doing it, and we're not really going to tell you why, but you're going to really enjoy it, and it'll bring you lots of joy. But what it will do is it will lead you onto the next piece of your puzzle, into your next crystal maze, into the next part, part of your dharma. And so that's what happened for me. Like, I did my podcast. You know, I did probably about 15 interviews, and I thought, oh, my God. God, I've got to write a find and follow your purpose course. Um, and then all my stuff kicked in and went, who am I to do that? I don't know anything about it. And remember, you know, I'm just interviewing people, but this is, there's real similarities. And so I had to kind of get out of my own way. And then I got the opportunity to study Dharma with a gentleman called Chris Atwood. Mm. Um, 
and it just felt right, you know. It just felt right. I think I need to do this course. I don't really know why because I don't really have time. You know, probably a bit like what you're experiencing, <laughs> what's happened, you know, with the do your dharma stuff. Um, and of course, it was another piece of my puzzle. And so I think when we start to look at life, it's a beautiful unfolding journey, and it's it's fun. You know, look at it as a sort of mystery maze. Mm. You know, it's a much nicer energy to be in and it's you know because then you're like wow okay I'm ready for the next clue you know yeah definitely I can so relate to this it's um <laughs> unsurprisingly given I wrote a book called the magical unfolding and it, it absolutely it's because I've discovered the same thing it, there's that sense I think for me um one of the things that's carried me through all of my my turning points and and uh really tough times actually is a really healthy sense of curiosity mm. endlessly curious and um uh, yeah and i love i think i've probably said this to you before i love alice in wonderland and and um i i love that energy of letting go of the rules and 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 being open to things that don't make any sense that are maybe slightly bonkers <laughs> and you know le- leaning into that playful energy of childhood and uh you know kind of that I like I really love people who don't take things too seriously don't take life too seriously because I I see it all as a bit of a game really but what a great space to be in you know? yeah, how, just... how much more fun is it when you look at it like a game it, it is like a computer game isn't it it's like levels yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't mean it's always great because there are moments that feel downright crappy sometimes. But but even when you're in them, you know you're going to be okay. You just know it's a moment. And you know it's going to pass, and you'll come out the other side mm. somehow. And, that, and that's how, and that's why we came. You know, our soul came here to evolve and grow. Um, and you can measure, you know, your soul's evolution. You can see at what level you're at as you go through your journey, which is quite interesting as well. Yeah. But yeah, that's why we came. We came here to evolve and grow. And, you know, we've got certain lessons that we need to learn in these lifetimes. It's quite interesting when you find out what your lessons are. Yeah. Mine is all around community building, which is quite interesting. And mine was healing in health and wellness, which is all around the mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, Um, makes sense. mm, So it's fascinating stuff. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me as though you you've been on quite an exponential journey in terms of how much knowledge and wisdom you've gathered in actually a relatively short time period, I would say, you know, from that, that big turning point in the woods to what you're doing now, because you are, you're out there, you know, you are, you really are showing up, you really are doing your thing. And, um, and you do have so much knowledge and wisdom. But isn't it yeah. funny how all, all of us have stuff? Like, I think it's, you know, fascinating because I've had a turning point recently, actually, um, where I decided, because I run a property business, and that's enabled me to do the work I'm doing because it gave yeah. me the income I needed. Um, and I run a recruitment business as well as my coaching. Um, and I made a decision recently to, I'm a fire energy, typical fire you know, I love to do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and I had another experience recently on a, on holiday this year. And um, it was like, again, some voice speaking through me in my meditation about now it's time. And it showed me what was going to happen when I let go of the business. It showed me how I'd create more space. 
um, and how it was time I needed to do it. And actually, it, they always said that it was brilliant because they know how to, whoever's upstairs knows how to motivate me because I, they were <laughs> like, if you don't do it now, you'll miss an opportunity was what the message I got. And I thought, excuse me, if I was going to swear then, but you know. <laughs> you wouldn't know. be first on this podcast, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You've had dairy on, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, dairy was actually very restrained. <laughs> Blimey. But I thought I'm buggered if I'm missing that opportunity. So um, I've just gone through a process of, um, which is difficult because it's like shedding a skin, you know, it's like, mm. you know, that was difficult for me, decision to make because the girl I had a girl working for me who I, you know, had all the time in the world for. She's fantastic. Um, but I just knew, you know, I'm looking to man- bring in my baby. Mm. So I knew I needed the space. Um, yeah. And so that's the, the turning point I've had recently is to really dive into this work. Um, so thank you for saying that I'm up there showing up, but I, there's another level for me. Like I, you know, I've got to have much more time and space to really commit to this now. So that's exciting. Um, and a little scary. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. But I think maybe the fact that you are showing up so much and you are gathering such a strong community around you is in its own way going to create the container that gives you the space in other ways as well and it gives you that support you know and then there's there's a beautiful chemistry around you know that that mutual giving out but receiving back and I can I can see how that might play out for you as well Hmm. yes it's exciting exciting times yeah yeah so how does it feel to be at this stage in your life right now well, I have to be honest, as much as it was so difficult to make the decision, as soon as I'd made it and as soon as I'd actually spoken to the girl that I worked with, um, energetically, I felt the shift immediately. Um, and so exciting. It really does feel like I am, I am at a place where I'm trying not to fill up the space I've just created because I'm yes. awful doing that as well. You know, like I want to sit in the nothingness and sit and take stock. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to I'm saying I should try I'm doing I'm absolutely just sitting <laughs> in <right>. nothingness <laughs> I hear you oh, I know you don't use that word yeah <laughs> I am sitting in nothing um, and that's pretty scary for a fire energy because we love to be busy and we love to do stuff and, um, but I'm trusting and it, it's interesting because people are contacting me and you know, things are unfolding and opportunities are popping up mm. I asked the other day to do a workshop for a load of um city types actually but more like uh agents for um, properties oh interesting and tip my gut went i'm not sure that that's for me actually but i thought i'm just going to price it really high (laughs) (laughs) because if uh if they uh if they say yes then i know i'm supposed to do it that's my strategy (laughs) (laughs) have they said yes yet don't know yet (laughs) watch this space i'll be like oh my god now what am i gonna do (laughs) (laughs) So you've come to a point basically where you um, you just need to balance out some of that fire with a, a bit of water time, a bit of sitting back and being and yeah, reflecting and taking yeah, it all in. I've got very big aspirations, as you can imagine, with Do Your Dharma. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I can see the impact it's having on people's lives. Um, you know, people pop out the other end a different person. And what's fascinating actually, Helen, is I was thinking about this the other day and it's almost like, we've got lots of different people at lots of different stages in their journey. But I don't know if you've noticed some of the comments when people, you know, you you can say something to somebody and they just get what they need, which is what I find really interesting. Cause I was kind of worried, how do I make this applicable for lots of different people at lots of different levels and stages? But what I've noticed is that 
people come in and wherever they're at, they get the next stage of what they need. So that's why I think people are coming back and doing it again and again, because they're in a different place when they go through the program the second time than they were the first time. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's um, you could it's that thing of you can read a sentence one year yes. and it means one thing, and then you can read it two years later and you see a whole other level. It's like unpack. It's again, it's unpacking layers. Yeah, but my aspirations are big. Like I want millions of people to go through it and to do it. And so I'm, I'm trusting that what I found is clarity does come through the engagement so by being in the work doing what you need to do and I'm constantly refining my diadama course to make it better and better um, and then you just seem to know what to do next you know so it's yeah. kind of like once you get onto the right path once you listen then you you have an idea about what your dharma is and your, what you're going towards you know then your job is just to be in the moment really and not worry about the future and not worry about the past that you just enjoy the now because otherwise you'll miss the opportunities that are popping up And and if you're on the right path, I do believe that you're supported. Um, I've, you know, I've studied and I've seen it myself. So when I say I've studied, like a lot of the Dharmic texts talk about the fact that when we do our Dharma, we are supported. Now it may not show up in the in the way that you necessarily wanted to. So you might say, right, for me, I was like, right, I wanted to show up in the form of the recruitment, and I don't have to do anything. And it doesn't work like that. It shows up in you are supported. There is abundance for you. It may not show up how you want it to, but it's there. Um, you know, when we follow our highest excitement to the best of our ability, with no, ne- no expectation on the outcome, that's the optimal path in life. So that's now my practice is daily. I'm like, right, so what does that mean? When you follow your highest excitement to the best of your ability with no expectation on the outcome, you live moment to moment. So um, you literally will say, right, this is what I need to do today. What is calling me? You know, we're lucky enough, Helen, you and I, that we don't have like traditional jobs. Yes. We're kind of working from home. So you can do that. You can literally tune in and say, you know, and I do that. So I tune in, work out what, I'm, what I want to do. And I just wait until the energy dissipates. And then I say, okay, well, what's calling me next? Might be taking the dogs for a walk or it might be doing this or, but I listen. And that, and that is the optimal path in life. You're super conductive when you're doing that because you're operating at a very high level emotional vibrational state. And you're doing what you love, you know? Yeah. Life doesn't, doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Brilliant. Do you know what I really love about your message as well? For as much knowledge as you have, which is infinite amounts, there is a very simple message that comes through everything, and that is the message of follow your highest excitement. And I love that because even if someone isn't quite there yet and has cognitively, they're still trying to work out exactly what that means. Essentially, all of us on some level understand that phrase and and it gives us, you know, seeds of hope and possibility. And at its essence, it's such a pure message that can just cut through all the other stuff. And I, I love that. Yeah, thank you. It's kind of, um, I, I'm not very good. Well, I like complicated things, but I like to make them simple. <laughs> so I've discovered it about myself when, when I'm reading something or when somebody tells me something, I have to repeat it back to them and say, am, am I correct? Does this what you mean? So I think it's one of the things that I, I think I naturally do, do quite well is yeah. I, take, I can take sort of more difficult concepts and make them simple just because that's the only way I can really get them, learn them myself, really kind of make them go clunk, as you said. Yeah, I love that. Um, so for anybody who hasn't heard of Do Your Dharma or even Kitty Talks or even you, Kitty Waters, um, 
can you can you just say a little bit about the Do Your Dharma course and also um, a little bit about your podcast and, and what you're doing with that right now? Yeah, thank you. Um, so as you have just heard on this podcast, um, I was guided to do the podcast and the podcast Kitty Talks is life story interviews. So I interview thought leaders about how they went from an, a business analyst to become a neurologist. You know, that's the sort of how do, how do we discover our dharma? How do we find out what we're here to do on the planet? And so I interview those thought leaders. And the other thing I have is a do your dharma course. And so we're all living into this process. But having studied the concept of dharma, there's real wisdom to be found in the Vedic texts. And that wisdom coupled with my own journey, because as I just described on the podcast, I've really created some amazing things when I've really got present and tuned into what it is that is my highest excitement and magic and miracles are totally possible. I've created a eight week online course um, and I'd say a community really, um, because that's the fun bit is that everybody's going through this together. And, you know, one of the things I talk about, we haven't got to that in the Do Dharma course yet is you know, the machine of existence and what we believe we create, you know, you can use reality in either way. You can use it to, to kind of manifest or create your, your worst nightmares, or you can use it to create your dreams. Yeah. Um, and so with a, within our community, we hold each other accountable in a beautiful way, in a level three, totally open. This is what's going on for me. I feel stuck. And then we lift each other up and we create visions for our lives. And then we hold each other accountable and we basically make that vision come to fruition through the support, through the teachings. Um, and that's great because I'm seeing my second lot of people who have done Diyadharma. And a lot of them are, you know, are just watching their visions really happening now. One of the girls wanted to build, had this vision of a log cabin on a kind of plot of land and, out of nowhere, her sis- out of nowhere, but her sisters now said she can come build this log cabin on her property in Canada. So she's moving from America to Canada with, to go and move, you know, build this dream house. Um, wow. So when we get clear, when we get clarity, it's powerful, um, and then we take aligned action towards it on a daily basis. And you know, all of us are human beings. You know, all of us doubt ourselves. All of us think we're not enough. And so to get around people that lift you up when you're having that that dip. It is it's very powerful. It's so heartwarming to watch everybody on their journeys. And we're doing it together. You know, it's not, it's just about us being a, a community of people supporting each other to create lives in alignment with their soul and, you know, do what we all dream, which is live our dreams. Yeah. And I have to say, because um, full disclosure, I'm part of that community now, very thankfully part of that community. <laughs> and um, it is... It's actually one of the most, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's really accessible. It's really nourishing. It's really rich. Um, it's incredibly well thought out and put together. And and I think you've managed to address the fact that people's drop-off rate on courses is quite high. You've managed to address that in, in the best way you can and, and the best way I've seen anybody do it, really. So I applaud you for that. I, th- I, I love it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you, because I think you know, all of us have that kind of, oh, I'm not enough thing going on. So it always, it fills me up to do more when people say it's working, you know. So um, I'm really pleased that you're experiencing it and you're having it. And, and you know, we're, the man is not an island, you know, all of us, we need to be together. You know, we, it's much more fun when we're in this together. And that's the way I sort of say to everybody that, you know, I'm very open about my journey and my story and what's going on for me. And like, you know, literally 
for me, I'm in the, a turning point in the moment. Will I have a baby? Won't I have a baby? And, you know, my community are helping me with the manifestation of the baby. They keep sending me toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so my future baby. Yeah. She, I think, <laughs> is what I'm getting. But, you know, I, so I'm, in, I'm in there with this, with you guys, with these guys doing it, you know, because it's, we're all in this together is the way I look at it. Definitely. Absolutely love that. Thank you. Um, so where is the best place for people to find you? Come and connect with me on Instagram. We have, a, uh, that would be Kitty Talks. And then we have a Facebook group, which is also a great place to come and connect with us and find out what we're up to. Um, and then if you're interested in Dia Dharma, we will be going again in autumn. So probably late September. Um, but you can apply now for the sort of waiting list and it's diyadharma.co.uk. I'm sure you'll have a few people listening to this that will definitely be on that waiting list. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're on the fence, you know, I would just say, dreams are made for you, but we have to, you know, we, we do have to take action towards them. They're not going to just land in our lap. Um, but it's doable, you know, especially when you get around people that are in that conversation. Like, where do you have that conversation? You know, it's not like you sit around the dining table with your family and say, oh, I'm going to create my dream life now. You know, so we create that that conversation and therefore we create that in our lives yeah it's a, it's a delight nice to know well, i'm so pleased because i was nervous about you come, well i was nervous about you coming i was thinking oh my goodness oh bless you <laughs> no i love it I, i'm really glad i said yes so yeah thank you and thank you so so much for for sharing a glimpse into your your world and your turning points you've definitely given a lot of nuggets and gorgeous wisdom so thank you so much i really appreciate it no, my pleasure and i love what you're doing with oh bless you quite serious i think very inspirational for people we are not thank alone you. we're all doing this together yes <clears throat> thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Turning Point Project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author or join the free magical life movement at HelenRebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.